0: Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: Now for our story. In the living room of the house at Malibu Beach, Lisa Fenner and Paul Cromwell waited anxiously. Paul and his servant Max had carried Kitteny gently up the stairs after Lisa had discovered her lying unconscious in the rain at the foot of the steep flight of wooden steps which led to the road. It had seemed hours before the doctor arrived, at intervals, a faint sound from the room above caused Lisa or Paul to look up fearfully, hoping for a clue which might tell them something concerning Kit's condition. They had talked at first, but their conversation had ended in a bitter silence. Now each sat wrapped right in his own thoughts. Lisa, believing she was responsible for Kit's accident, was full of shame and remorse. This terrible thing had happened to Kit because of her. And now Paul seemed more distant and cold than he ever had, because he blamed her for it. In the bedroom upstairs, Kit lay on her bed while the doctor worked with swift, sure confidence. Mrs. Kingsley, the housekeeper, responded deftly to the doctor's terse command, her face white but composed. Kit hovered between consciousness and unconsciousness. Feverish with pain on the borderline of delirium from shock and exposure, her mind was tormented with distorted, fanciful memories. Faces of people whose lives were important to hers seemed to whirl past in a confused, swiftly changing pattern. heard the voice of Bill Meade, her husband.
2: We are suited to each other, kid. Pig. It's always been Pig.
1: Bill's voice, his words, remembered and given new meaning by the taunting voice of Jesse Ward, her father's new wife.
0: Bill only married you out of pity. He and Peggy are just waiting for you to have the baby. Then he'll insist on a divorce. I want a divorce. Peggy knows all about... No. No, it's not true.
1: Kip Mead spoke these words only in her fevered imagination. Actually, her lips barely moved. She made an incoherent sound that was like a sob. Mrs. Kingsley glanced questioningly at Dr. Gordon. I've given her a sedative. She'll drop off to sleep in a little while. I'll have to go now. Call me if you have any questions. I think you know what to do. Mrs. Kingsley sat down at the bedside. Kit's face looked more peaceful now. The pain had receded her breathing was really. She'd fallen into a deep sleep in which she escaped into a dream. A happy one, which brought a smile to a drawn and exhausted-looking face. In her dream, she'd returned to Wakefield. Triumphant, secure. She walked through the square of the little town carrying a child in her arms A healthy child. Bill Mead, her husband,
2: walked proudly beside her. Is the baby too heavy,
0: Kit? Oh, no, that's all right.
2: Please, I'd like to.
0: All right, Bill. Yes. Yeah. Now, be careful.
2: Of course I'll be careful. Are
0: you happy, darling?
2: (laughs) Funny, little Ty. But then I suppose all babies look like this when they're new.
0: The baby looks like you, Bill. Has your hair.
2: You, such a... Are
0: you happy, Bill? I
2: don't know that the child looks like me, kid.
0: Why won't you answer me? It's the one thing I want to know, the only thing. Everyone's looking at you them? Doesn't that make you proud? Isn't that what you've always wanted? Bill, why won't you answer me? Didn't you want a family? Isn't that what you and Peggy talked about? Planned together? Haven't I given you that now? Bill, answer me.
2: Kid, I don't know what you're talking about. What's this about people looking at us? What's this about Peggy Douglas?
0: He's standing right over there by the bank.
2: I don't see anyone.
0: You you don't?
2: (laughs) He must be dreaming. There's no one but you and me and the baby. That's all that matters.
0: But it wasn't like this before. I was so frightened, waiting for the baby to be born. I kept remembering how you said you could never forgive me because of that letter. What letter? I kept remembering how you said we, we weren't suited to each other. How you said it would always be Peggy.
2: I don't know what you're talking about. Look, Kit, the baby's smiling. Isn't that very remarkable?
0: But, Bill, you must remember. Why? But all those things you said.
2: You must have imagined them, Kit.
0: Yes. Yes, perhaps I did. Or am I imagining this?
2: How can you say
0: that? Oh, Bill, Bill, I'm so confused. Is this real? Is this actually happening?
2: of course, darling. Of course it's happening.
0: It it wasn't like this before.
2: I don't know anything about before. For me, times only to be counted from this instant,
0: this moment. Then all the other, it's as if it never existed. The child makes the difference, doesn't it? Yes, kid. Everything's going to be all right now, isn't it? Yes, kid. Say it. I want to hear you say it. Say it again.
2: Everything's going to be all right now. Everything's going to be all right. Now. Kit Meade sighed,
1: happy in her sleep. Mrs. Kingsley reached out and gently adjusted the sheet around her. But downstairs, Lisa and Paul Cromwell looked up quickly as the doctor steps were. Dr. Gordon, we've been waiting. Can you tell us how she is? Mrs. Mead is resting now. She's asleep. But but will she be all right? I mean... She's had a very difficult time, Mr. Cromwell. She needs rest.
0: Is there anything I can do? I'd like to help, if I can. I
1: think not, Mrs. Fenner. Mrs. Kingsley is quite capable. She'll look after things until I find you a nurse. If I'm able to. You ought to go to bed yourself, you know. As a matter of fact, that's an order.
3: But, Doctor, you haven't really told me. I've got to know.
1: She's... She's not in any critical danger. Fortunately, Mrs. Mead is an exceptionally healthy young woman. I don't think you need worry too much. Of course, she needs rest. That's the main thing. Rest and quiet. Complete freedom from worry of any kind.
0: But the child, Doctor, were you able to save it? No. It was impossible. I see. Was it a boy or, or a girl?
1: It was a girl, Mrs. Fenner.
0: A girl? Oh, if only. Oh, the
1: poor dear. Oh, Mrs. Fenner, you mustn't allow yourself to become overwrought. It isn't good for you at this time. You must try to
3: keep. Dr. Gordon, are you sure there's nothing I can do for Mrs. Mead? Is there anything? Anything at
1: all? I think but... not, Mr. Cromwell. If you just stand by in case of an emergency. You mean something might my... Oh, no, 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 not at all. There's no need to alarm yourself. Mrs. Kingsley has all my instructions. Mrs. Mead will need care, of course, but there's every reason to hope that she'll be quite all right before long. Thank you, Doctor. I can't tell you how much. I appreciate what you've done. Well, it's a long drive back to the city. I must be going. I'll keep in touch with you. And don't worry. Let me see you at the door. There's no need. I think I can find my way out. Mrs. Fenner, see that you get some rest. Well, good night.
0: That girl... Oh, Paul, I'm so sorry. I'm sure you are. You really think it's entirely my fault?
3: I haven't said any such thing.
0: If you'd only try to understand. Lisa,
3: please. There's no use in talking about that now. This is hardly the moment to be discussing you or me with Kit upstairs. I wish I could have gotten more out of Dr. Gordon.
0: But he said she was going to be all right.
3: No, he didn't. He said he didn't think i need worry too much. There's quite a difference.
0: But... But doctors always talk that way. Even if they're certain, they they never... That's
3: just it. there's always a question of doubt. I know how dangerous something like this can be.
0: But you're going to be all right, Paul.
3: Lord knows I hope so. But no point in indulging in childish, wishful thinking. It's something that has to be faced. Anything can happen.
0: Paul, please don't.
3: Lisa, why don't you go up to bed?
0: No. No, I can't. I couldn't sleep anyway. and I have to stay with you, Paul.
3: I only knew what I should do. I... I don't dare call her father. Kit's told me she doesn't want him to... But I don't dare take this responsibility alone. Perhaps I should telephone Bill Mead.
0: Oh, but don't you think you should wait? Wait until you talk to Kit. Maybe she wouldn't want you to... In
3: a case like this, it's better to be a little far-sighted. I don't dare wait. It's the only decent thing to do. He's her husband, after all. But, Paul... Kit knows I'd rather not do this. But Mead's her husband... As I said, I certainly can't take the responsibility of not letting him know what's happened. Well, I'd better do it now. Hello, operator. I want to place a long-distance call, please. I want to call Wakefield. Yes, that's right. A person-to-person call to Sergeant Bill Meade.
1: Paul would have been very much surprised had he known that this was the last thing in the world Kit would have wanted him to do. Because Kit's plan, which had been formulated in her mind for some time, depended on the fact that no one in Wakefield, not even Bill,
2: should know anything about what happened during this stay in California.